Hey, I just wanted to remind you that our next challenge is beginning very, very soon. And in that challenge, if you're looking to monetize your podcast and you want to know exactly where to get started and how to build an offer that is going to be exactly what your audience needs, then you need to join the Podcast Profit Challenge. You can go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge, and it's absolutely free. Did you know that within every personality type, you can find your ideal customer? But the problem is that many times we only sell to our own personality type. And in doing so, we are missing out on a majority of the market and the total amount of people that could actually become our ideal customers. And why is that, you might ask? Well, because we're only communicating with the people that communicate the way we do. We're not communicating with other personality types, and we're missing the boat. I'm going to tell you how to fix that right after this. So the real question is this. How can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and I am so thankful that you are here because you want to learn how to turn your podcast into a revenue stream. Because you know what? That's exactly why I'm here too. In case you haven't met me yet, I started podcasting about 10 years ago. And by the time I was two years into my podcasting journey, I had opened my full service podcast production company called Team Podcast. And it was at a time whenever full service podcast production really didn't exist. You had to hire one company for audio engineering and one company for blog posts and show notes and one company to create your graphics. And it was a mess. So since that time, I've worked with almost 300 podcasters to launch, grow, and monetize their podcast. And in 2022, my goal is to monetize 100 podcasts. So I'm closing in on the $2 million mark in revenue from podcasting. And I want to show you how you can change your life with podcasting too. So lately, I have been deep diving into sales skills. And sales is something that I'm going to be honest with you, has not come naturally to me. When I decided after I graduated from college with a teaching degree, and I taught for a year, and I realized that my $21,000 a year was not going to be enough to live on as a single person with a lot of ambition and a lot of financial goals, I realized I needed to look for something else. And one of the jobs I had at the time was in sales. And because of that, I ended up getting a job with a Fortune 500 company uh, in sales and in inbound and outbound sales and managing it, even training it. And it's just not something that has always come naturally to me. And part of it is because of my own head trash. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what that means to me today. But the more I study what works and the more I get into 
this um, mode of really wanting to monetize podcasts, it all hinges on marketing. And the things that it takes to be effective at sales are the things that I tend to have the biggest mental blocks over. And that's what gets me stuck faster than anything. And maybe you have mental blocks too, when it comes to marketing. And I'll confess that this is something I'm constantly working on. Let me give you some examples of what my head trash says to me and see if yours says some of the same things. Things like, I don't want to come across as being salesy. Um, Maybe even like, I'm not going to insult the intelligence of my audience by doing all the rigmarole that the experts teach whenever they're pitching. I'm just going to tell my audience what the offer is, and if they want it, they'll take it. Or maybe like my offer is good enough that I don't have to do a full-blown sales pitch to get people to take it. Or I don't want to seem like every other marketer on the internet, so I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z. Or maybe even when it comes to podcasting, I don't want my audience to think all I care about is sales or money. Like, have you said any of those? Have you thought any of those? Have you allowed yourself to verbalize any of those or caught yourself verbalizing any of those. My list can go on and on and on from there. And yours probably can too. So if you've said those things, congratulations. We're all in good company and you are among friends here because we all share the same head trash. Now, as a content creator, A lot of times we get hung up on our creation process. So we want to go deep and we want to, you know, get really in the weeds with content creation and like, oh, I just want to create the best content. And the reality is without effective marketing, the best content is doomed to the dustbin of history. And without even thinking about like the quality of your product If it doesn't have effective marketing, no one is going to see it. And it doesn't do you any good to have the best product or the best course or the most, you know, value information or or content that you could have if nobody sees or hears it. But the truth is, with effective marketing, you can actually make a really good living off a mediocre course or product or even content. It's just the truth. Good marketing trumps everything. Now, I don't know about you, if you've ever taken a the DISC personality profile and just to sort of refresh your memory, DISC is the acronym. It's D-I-S and C. And each one of those is a personality type. The D stands for dominance. The I stands for influence. The C stands for conscientiousness and the S is for steadiness. So if you're a high D, you are direct, you're results oriented, you're firm, you're strong willed, you're forceful, you'll stare the devil in the face and probably make him scared. (laughs) So that's a high D. If you're a high I, you're probably outgoing, enthusiastic, you're optimistic, you're high-spirited, you're probably the life of the party, and you don't ever want to do anything to pour cold water on whatever uh, idea somebody else has. So if somebody says, hey, let's do this, you're like, that's a great idea, let's do it. A C personality is conscientiousness, and these are going to be the people that are analytical. They're studious, they're reserved, they're very precise, They're also many times very introverted and private. 
They're also very systematic. These are probably going to be people that are in very technical fields that have to be like engineering or accounting and things like that that are very detail oriented because that is part of their personality profile. If they're steadiness, the S, they're going to be even tempered. They're going to be accommodating. They're going to be tactful. They're going to be humble. They're going to be supportive. They're going to be stable. They're not going to want to ride the roller coaster of feast and famine. They like playing a supportive role. They also like collaborating, but anything to keep the steadiness going. Like you don't, they don't want their world rocked in any kind of way, shape, or form. So if you have one of the, either any of those personality types, I mean, these are the four personality types that the DISC profile assesses. And what happens is that that personality profile explains a lot about us. It might explain our career choices. It might explain our communication style. It might also explain our choice of a partner in life, our choice of friends and who we hang around with. And each personality type has a different way of processing information and making decisions. And we, as people who need to be marketers, have to take these personality types into consideration with our marketing. We have to create marketing systems that can speak directly to a high D and give them the option to go ahead and take action because they know enough now and they're ready to make a decision, while at the same time, slowing down and going over every single detail and nuance that the high C needs in order to make the decision. And you'll see this many times in sales funnels. And, you know, this is the way it's taught many times is there's a certain amount of information above the fold of a website. And then there's a button there, like, sign me up, I'm ready to go. Because those are the high C's that are not going to want to take the time. They're, they don't want to see a huge wall of text, you know, before they can even try to make a decision. They need bullet points. They need bold emphasis on certain parts of the text. They need very high level because they're not going to process anything else. Anything else is going to send them into overwhelm. They just want the facts, nothing but the facts. Tell me what it is. Tell me what I get. And let's go. Let's do it. And then many times on a funnel, you'll have below the fold starts getting into the nitty gritty. And it starts talking about maybe, you know, what the program is and who the program is for. There might even be after that's covered. There might even be another button that you can take action there. So it's like, okay, now I've got my people that are, you know, the steady people, the steadiness personality type would have enough information now to take action. Then you're going to go on down, you're going to give more information and you're going to say, you know, things like maybe case studies and testimonials and things like that. And suddenly the high I, now they need a button because now they can take action. But you still haven't convinced the C yet. So now the C needs you to go in and do some frequently asked questions. And they need to know when the meetings are taking place and how the content is going to be delivered and what kind of support will they get and who do they call and who do they email and how will they log in. They need to know all of those things. So you have to continue. And so many times our sales funnels, we have to address all of these personality types and communication types in how we put information out there. And very often, 
we are stuck and we are missing out on opportunity as marketers because we're only appealing to people who, because we're communicating the way we process information and the way we make decisions. And that's only at minimum 25% of your target audience that you're capturing. Let me give you an example. I was on a mastermind call the other day. It was last Wednesday. And so one of the people in a mastermind is a doctor that her practice focuses on aging and aging related issues, but also mitigating the toll that aging can take on our bodies. And she had created a homepage funnel for her website and she shared her screens and she showed us her homepage. And while it looked really nice and there was nothing wrong with the design, immediately you could see that the website, it was full of generalities and buzzwords like optimal health and feel better and these types of, you know, sort of non-specific words that we say, but she never mentioned who she was specifically there to serve. And she laid out the rest of her website and the, the rest of her, let's just call them offerings from a product perspective. I can do these types of tests. I can assess this type of issue. I can provide these services. And, and, and she just went right down the list from a very much a product paradigm rather than from the customer paradigm. And so the meaning behind the customer versus the product paradigm is like when you have a product, you're like, look at all the things it does. This is exciting. This this will do this. And this is how we do this. And this is the procedure. And this is what it's called. And here's the steps to it. And, and it's all about the product. And as a consumer... We need that paradigm switch to a consumer perspective or a results perspective. And if you don't know that peptides are a way that you can utilize um, stem cells or other things that can help you replace some of the cartilage you've lost in your knee or whatever else they do, and I'm not even saying that's remotely right from a medical perspective, but Do you see what I'm saying? Like there has to be the communication of, are you experiencing knee pain? Is your knee pain keeping you from enjoying the activities that you love most? Is it keeping you from playing golf? Is it keeping you from taking walks by the ocean? Is it keeping you from joining the pickleball league or the tennis league or whatever within your community? What the doctor was missing is she is a conscientious personality, conscientiousness, the high C. And so there was a heavy focus on the technical medical procedures and the analysis rather than the results she could get for someone. And, you know, this is something I see a lot with the medical niche. That's like you're proud of the procedures and how you help people with them. And you overwhelm your audience with the technicalities and the medical jargon that people don't understand and they don't know what they need and they don't know where to start. And so because of that, they're overwhelmed and they're not going to choose to take any action. Remember, a confused buyer is always a no. And that's something you have to remember. I um, have a friend who used to sell pest control 
and he would go back in the day, he would go door to door and he would sell pest control. And, and part of the pest control sales pitch is getting people on a regular like maintenance subscription. So either you're coming out to their house once a month to do, you know, pest control or once a quarter or whatever it is. And so what he was doing is he found himself nerding out on all the chemicals and all the things they could do and how, you know, it, it was like we're killing the adult fly or the adult insects, but been pests. But we also here's how this works and here's the process and all of these kind of things. And then that also gets the larva, too. And so it's like a three stage process and we cover them all and blah, blah, blah. And he was overwhelming people with data and how much knowledge he had about something. And the reality was the more he talked in the technical realm, the less he sold. And the bottom line was when he switched his pitches and started talking about more about the results they're going to get and that people aren't going to, you know, be afraid to go into their kitchen at night and turn on the light and see a roach on the floor or something like that. And how it would, you know, kill fleas if they had pets and all these other things. Like the more he talked about what it would do for them, the more he sold and the more money he made. And it was a valuable lesson to him because it showed him that people really didn't care how he got to the result. They just wanted the result and to know that if I pay you this money and contract with you, can you get me the results? So my appeal to you today is to think about every aspect of your offer or your pitch that would need to appeal to these different DISC personality types. So you need to talk about all the results and transformations that a results-oriented high D personality needs to hear. You also have to talk to all the analytics and precise systems that a high C personality would need with all of the optimism and enthusiasm that a high I would need to have because they're ones that you're, you know, you're probably going to have to slow them down a little bit because they're going to be like, oh my God, this is going to change my life forever. This is awesome. While at the same time, providing the support and the stability that a high S would need to know that exists within your infrastructure, your program, your offer, your pitch. So don't stop when you've just covered what's important to you. Other personality types will still have questions and reservations. So you got to give them what they need. There's going to be skeptics that would be your ideal customers. And until you tell them what they need to hear and what they need to know about your offer, they're not moving towards you. And if you're going to spend any amount of time, effort, and money doing any sort of marketing, because it can be time consuming, you want to make it the most effective marketing possible. So step outside of your comfort zone and make sure you give every personality type the information they need. It may feel redundant. It may feel unnatural to you. It may feel uncomfortable. And it may even feel downright silly. I mean, I understand how awkward it can feel when you're doing these things that are not for you anyway, and they're not for the same personality type as you. They're for a completely different personality type. And it feels unnatural and awkward. Do it anyway. The tried and true marketing methods continue to be used for a reason. 
And that reason is because they are effective. Don't think you know more than the marketing experts. Don't think your audience is different than every other audience. They're not. Don't assume you don't need to go through all of the extra stuff because your audience already understands it. They don't. And let me just tell you, in this process of pitching and sales, your uncomfortability with the process is probably going to be directly proportional to the amount of success you have on the back end. So the more uncomfortable you are, probably the more success you're going to have. The more comfortable you are, probably the less success you're going to have, right? So understand that this is a process you have to work through with your own head, with your own head trash. The other day I was on a uh, training with Russell Brunson and he was sharing with us where he learned how to do a pitch. And he was specifically talking about this thing called the stack close. And some of you might have heard it called the offer stack or, you know, something uh, similar to that at the end of a sales pitch or the end of a seminar or an event or something like that. And when people are effective at doing these sorts of presentations, like it is not unusual for them to have like six figure days in their business or even have an event where they sell more than a million dollars worth of their coaching program, their products, their services, or whatever, because they're just that good at it. And many times we watch a pitch and we hear a pitch, but we miss what's actually going on. And so Russell was talking and he was actually interviewing the guy that actually showed him this process and showed him what he does. And this is a guy who's made millions of dollars over, speaks, you know, three or four times a month in these situations where there is an offer at the end of his pitch or at the end of his session, and he makes a huge amount of money from it. But the same thing happens in a sales funnel. And so the principles are the same and they're carried over from one to another. But Russell was talking about how he took the advice from his mentor about how to do this sales stack. And he did it. And he, you know, as awkward as, you know, Russell Brunson can be pretty awkward and he'll tell you that he's like, you know, it felt so weird. I was just I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, oh, it's uncomfortable. And he's like, so I did it anyway. And I had some sales and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I can't believe that happened. And he I think his first time he did it, he made like thirty thousand dollars. And he's like, wow, I just made in one two hour session what a lot of people my age are making all year long. This is crazy. So he knew he was onto something. At the same time, the more he did that, and the next time he went to to do a speak and pitch kind of thing, he did it again, and he had great results. And moving along into the fourth and fifth time down the road, he was like, you know, this is, uh, I don't need to do all of this. Like I'm having success with what I'm doing. So I don't need to go through all of these like seemingly redundant or overlapping steps of the close process or do all these very intentional things like getting people to walk up and go to the back of the room and creating that, let's just call it in quotes, table rush situation where it made other people want to go. 
right? And so these are the kind of things that he was doing and he was practicing, but he wasn't great at them yet. So he was like, ah, I don't need to do that. And he took him out of his pitch and he just made a regular sales pitch the way he would do it naturally. And he completely bombed. And he thought, well, maybe, maybe that was just a fluke. So the next time he went, he did the same thing. And you know what? He bombed again. So he's like, wait a minute. Is it what I'm doing? And then he went back to the way his mentor taught him how to do it. And immediately, the very next time he did it, he had huge success again. And he was up making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in his pitch. So even people like Russell Brunson deal with this. And it's constantly something that we have to battle. But and I I talked about it, you know, in my last episode talking about there are no half pitches. And part of the reason I'm talking about this stuff is because we're working on this in some of my programs right now is we're working on the pitches and we're working on how to get better at them. And it's an art and it's something you have to hone your skills at. But my plea to you is to stop leaving 75% of your market or your ideal customers out of your pitch by only communicating in the same way that you communicate and process information. Make sure you're covering all of them, even if it doesn't make sense to you. I have a high D mixed with a little bit of I uh, personality. Uh, My wife tends to be the skeptic and sort of more uh, even keeled and sort of more of an S type person. And so anytime I come and pitch her something and try to get her to come on to my way of thinking about something, I have to present it differently than it was presented to me for me to be all in. I have to be ready to answer the questions of what if this bombs? What if this fails? What if this gets hacked? What if this gets copied? You know, all of these things come up in regular conversations And it's the same way we have to appeal to our target audience. We have to give them the details. We have to give them the information their personality type needs to be able to move forward. And if you aren't building that into your marketing and you're not building that into your pitch and you're not building that into your sales funnel, you are missing out and leaving 75% of the revenue that you could have on the table. So my appeal to you is to get your arms around this, do the tried and true techniques for selling, even if you personally don't need them in order to be sold. That's part of the reason that we funnel hack and part of the reason we want to see a lot of sales pitches is because we want to dissect what people are doing, see how they're doing it to know how we can do it better. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you are interested in uh, taking a step further and learning how to do all of these things that you need to do to monetize your podcast and to get it producing consistent revenue for you, then please join my challenge. I have a challenge every single month. And the next one, I'm doing a lot of traveling during the month of May. So our next one will be in June. But uh, you can go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge 
and you'll see all the information right there and you can sign up for it. And this is the kind of stuff we'll be covering and how to basically set up your podcast to get your first dollars coming in or your next dollars coming in very, very quickly, like within the next 30 days. So I hope you'll join me there. Just go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. Hope to see you there. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Oh, no, no, no. We're not advertising for Facebook anymore because we're pulling all of our communities off of Facebook. So if you want to come join the real community of people who are looking to monetize their podcast, podcastsuccesshub.com. Go to podcastsuccesshub.com and I'll see you there because I'm not going to be on Facebook. You guys have an awesome one. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you about the challenge. It's starting very soon. Please make sure you don't miss a challenge because this is the time when you can really learn how to craft a high value offer for your audience that they will honestly feel stupid saying no to. So join me for the podcast profit challenge. It's coming up very, very soon. You can find out all the details for it. It's free to join. You have no excuse not to join. And even if you say, well, Christy, I can't make it on the certain time of day, whenever the um, challenge is, we have recordings of them and you can listen to every single one of them, even if it's not where you can join us live. So teampodcast.com forward slash challenge, go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. And I can't wait to see you there.